This is the Let's Talk About It podcast. Welcome to Let's Talk About It, a place for healthy conversation from a Christian perspective. If you're new with us, we drop a brand new episode every first and third Friday of the month. We're so glad to have you with us. So let's dive in. Well, welcome to the Let's Talk About It podcast. This is just a quick little mini episode. I went on Facebook and Instagram live for this one. So enjoy this experience and I hope this one blesses you. having a wonderful day. But I want to talk about specifically uh, Afghanistan. Um, I know we have a lot of opinions and different thoughts about it, but I just want to come on here and just share some thoughts and specifically from a perspective of what do we do as Christians in our response to Afghanistan? Um, how are we supposed to react with it? Because I understand that we all have a uh, plethora of different feelings and emotions and whatnot. And so I just want to go into what does that look like for us just as people of faith to address that. So again, I don't plan to be on here long at all, um, like 10 minutes, maybe 12 ish, (laughs) but I got a few points uh, to go over. But first things first is as people of faith, as we think through all this, um, the first thing we got to do is honestly, guys, and this is going to sound very simple and duh. So it may not be mind blowing or anything, but The first thing we got to do is we got to go to God. Like, number one, we have to go to God. A verse that I've been clinging to for the past couple of years is Matthew 11, 28, where Jesus says, um, come to me who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so I'm just thinking about like, and you can post in the comments below, like, what are you guys feeling? I know some people have been feeling um, overwhelmed. I personally have felt um, sorrow and grief. Um, I personally deployed in 2011. Um, I'm talking with a lot of the guys uh, that I that I work with and serve with. Um, I lead a guys group on a weekly basis through my church, and a lot of them are military, and they're just they're they're grieving. And even though they're experiencing similar emotions, they're all experiencing it for total different reasons. But what do you do with that grief? What do you do with those feelings and those emotions? Because at the end of the day, they're exhausting, they're weary, and they're burdensome. And Jesus is saying, "Come to me." I want you to think about that word, come. Come is, it's this idea. If I were to say, come on over, come on over to my place or come get coffee with me. It's an invite. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's relationship. So it's this idea of that it's, it's now, it's constant, it's present, it's active. So I love that the text doesn't say, uh, whenever you get a chance. No, Jesus is saying, come like right now, this is your moment to come to me. So what is it that you're feeling? When you think of Afghanistan and, and things that's been going on too with Haiti, like it's, it's a lot. So what do we do with those feelings? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. He says, come to me where we're in burden so I can give you rest. And actually in that word, rest is synonymous to peace. I don't know about you, but I can use a lot of the peace of God right now. So number one, when I think about the things that's been happening in Afghanistan and Haiti and think about other things that are going on in your own world. Go to God so he can give you peace. That's number one. Number two, we got to worship God, guys. We have to worship God. Just last night, we had a uh, men's conference 
or a men's night that we hosted at our church and um, our special guest speaker, Pastor Ryan, um, it was amazing. And uh, he was uh, talking about the importance of worshiping the Lord. Um, because that worship, it, there's a plethora of things that happen when we worship God. And so this is coming straight from his message, but just quick little bullet points that talks about what worship is. Psalm 95, one talks about sing and make a joyful noise. Psalm 134 verse two says, lift up your hands. Psalm 47 verse one says, clap your hands. And so right now, some of you guys are thinking, Mark, if you only knew my voice, you would not be telling me to sing. Well, by the grace of God, the scripture says, sing or comma, Make a joyful noise. Can I just encourage you and remind you that God does not care about how your voice sounds. He cares about the heart. So what has your worship been like to the Lord lately? Because God's calling us and welcoming us and inviting us to worship him. And so the things that I'm thinking of is uh, the four things that he talked about that worship does is this. Number one, God removes worry through worship. I'll never forget when my grandmother died. Uh, last year, then three weeks later, my first sergeant on me and my wife's anniversary. I just remember that whole week. All I did was just worship. I just did singing over and over and over. I would literally spend two hours in this room right here, just singing songs of praise and worshiping God because it was helping me to get my eyes fixed back on Jesus. And so um, I'm reading over here of uh, my friends, uh, uh, Marissa, Mark, uh, she was saying, I struggle feeling helpless, but not for myself, but for what I can do. My heart is just so crushed for those people. I totally connect with that. Um, that's part of the grief that I'm feeling too, Marissa. Um, and I'm reminded in those moments because if you're anything like us, and I'm sure you are, we want to do so much more for the people of Afghanistan. And in that moment, the only thing that I can do is pray. The only thing that I can do is go to God. The only thing that I can do is worship. But here's what I want to remind you guys. Do not dismiss your prayer and your worship towards God because that has the power to shift things. So I want to encourage you guys, don't look at what you can't do, look at what you can do. And what we can do is we we can pray, we can worship, and in our worship, these are the four things that Pastor Ryan talked about. Worship removes worry. Number two, worship demonstrates leadership, meaning how do we respond as leaders, as people of influence, as people of faith in the workplace, at your job, maybe it's in school, your academics, maybe it's within your family and your marriage. How are you leading whatever people group that you have influence with when it comes to tragedy and these challenges that we currently have, right? But I want to encourage you, remind you that worship demonstrates leadership. Number three, we worship to prepare for war. And number four, We worship to win the war. Something that Pastor Ryan reminded us of is King David was a mighty warrior. He was also a mighty worshiper. I mean, it was a dude who took out lions, bears, killed Goliath, chops the dude's head off when he's done. And then when he becomes king, the text says David was praised for killing his tens of thousands. But I'm reminded as mighty of a warrior he was, he was also an even more of a worshiper. And I can't help but think, is it possible that David had as much success as he had because of the fact that he had worship always before the Lord? Joplin Edison had reminded me, the moment David got into trouble is because he stopped worshiping God. So let me ask you, when you think about everything that's been happening with Afghanistan and maybe anything else that's been happening in your own personal world, I want to ask you, what is your worship life like? 
And you have to be honest with that. Have you been worshiping God on a regular basis? Do you worship God more than just a Sunday service or whatever middle of the week Bible study? What is your worship like to the Lord on a regular daily basis? Because the moment David got into trouble is when he took his eyes off of Jesus because he was not worshiping him. And the moment he was worshiping him is when you saw him is when God would elevate him and restore him. So number one, go to God. Number two, worship God. And number three, pray to God. We need to get back to prayer. I'm just thinking about all the things that are wrestling with our minds, whether it's our family dynamics, whether it's our marriages, our, our kids, um, things at the workplace, maybe it's things going on personally, internally, right? My reminder of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, this was actually the first verse I ever memorized when I really went all in with the Lord. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, rejoice always, always. Then it goes on to say, pray without ceasing, which is like, huh? Without like never, like ne- always, I'm always praying. Yes. <laughs> but here's what it means. It's not literally saying every single second or every single minute. What it means by always pray, when it says pray without ceasing, here's the way I look at it. When you think about the things that you stress about, the things that you're worrying about, the things that give you anxiety, the things that you are having fear or doubt about, can I just encourage you to use that as a cue and take that into a form of prayer. So I would say it like this. If it's worth worrying about, stressing about, complaining about, then it's worth praying about. Just think about that. So the next time, it's not even the fact, by the way, that we have these things. That's a very normal thing for us to worry about the things we feel about, for us to feel pressure that we can't do more and we want to do more. These are all very normal things, guys. My encouragement to you is when you feel the fear, the doubt, the anxiousness, use that as a cue to go to God so that you can pray to him. Paul says in Philippians 4, uh, I think it's verse 6, where he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need. So what is it that you need? An exercise I learned from Pete Scazzaro. He's the author and writer of The Mostly Healthy Leader. He says to ask, and you can write this down too in your personal Devo time, asking, what am I sad about? What am I angry about? What am I anxious about? Write it down and follow it up with, where do these thoughts come from? What's informing that? And once you have it listed, just surrender it and give it to the Lord. Just give it to him. This is, again, going back to step one, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. This is when Jesus says, come to me. I can take it. In fact, not only can he take it, he wants to. So what are you sad about? What are you anxious about? What are you overwhelmed about? Take it to God and trust that he wants to receive it for you, from you, so that he can empower you and equip you to keep moving forward. But when I talk about prayer too, the other thing I want us to talk about through is um, what are things that we need to be praying for? Number one, pray for the people of Afghanistan. My, I literally started crying when I saw those pictures and the photos of them overwhelming the plane um, and people are clinging on to the plane. Literally, uh, actually two people fell off because um, they were hanging on to it. And it made me ask, how overwhelmed are you in that moment of life that you felt that was your only option? And for them, all they wanted was freedom. That's all they wanted. And my heart was just crushed. And so all I could do was pray. But I have to be reminded that prayer is a powerful weapon. 
Do not dismiss it. So pray for the people of Afghanistan. Pray for the government of Afghanistan. Pray for our military. Pray for their military. I am praying nonstop for soldiers, not only the soldiers that are there. I'm praying for all the soldiers soldiers that's ever been impacted that have deployed there because they are really wrestling with this right now. They're asking themselves questions like, was it worth it? By the way, caveat, if you're watching this or listening to this, if you've ever served and you've deployed, particularly in this war in the past 20 years, can I just encourage you that your sacrifice was not in vain? Whether it was a loss of a brother or sister in arms, whether it was the, the time you lost with your family and all the other challenges that came with it, I need you to know, if you're watching or listening to this, your sacrifice was not in vain and that the Lord is pleased with you and he wants to heal you. So bring those cares, those worries, those doubts to God because he wants to come alongside you and help you walk this journey. I am praying for our soldiers. I'm praying for our leaders. I'm praying from a squad leader slash sergeant all the way up to a general. I'm praying for our behavioral health personnel. I'm praying for our chaplains. Join me in prayer. I'm praying over all these people because we are going to have our hands full for, I believe, not just the next few months, but these next couple of years to come because people are processing how to respond to this. Also, pray for the local church. We have people right now who have said yes to Jesus that is right there, boots on the ground in Afghanistan because they want to get more and more people saved. It's, it's, it's like the first church in Acts chapter five. Our church right now is going through the book of Acts and my pastor, Pastor Mike, and I'll, I can uh, leave a link later on too, or you can DM me if you want the message. But we were just talking about how Paul and the apostles were arrested for sharing the gospel. And once the angels broke them out of prison, they still kept preaching about it. And because they kept preaching about it, they got beaten for it. But in verse uh, verse forty one, chapter five, it says it was a they were they were excited, like they were rejoicing in the fact that they suffered for Jesus, because they knew what this stood for, and they knew that they were doing a good thing. How amazing is that? So, what does it look like for us not just to have the same attitude? What does it look like for us to pray for the people, the church of God? that is there in Afghanistan right now, that they would be continue to be strengthened and equipped and have more of God's grace to do more of the work that he's called them to do so that the people of Afghanistan can also encounter the same Jesus Christ that we know. So pray for the local church. Pray for pastors and missionaries and all Christians who are there in Afghanistan, helping lead in the way to give more and more of Jesus there. And I'm also reminded in this moment, um, I'm seeing a lot of people being unkind towards one another, uh, particularly towards the president and our government. Can I just remind you the words of Jesus in Luke chapter six, verse 27, he says to pray for your enemies. He says, love them. And I want to remind us too: the president or that person on the other side of your political party or whatever other people group, they're not your enemy. The devil is. So can we pray for a president? Can we pray for our government? Can we pray for the people that don't look like us and, and don't act like us and have gone, by the way, against us? But Jesus doesn't give us an out. I'm looking at it right here. Verse 35, love your enemies. Luke chapter 6, verse 35, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful 
and wicked. A couple of verses before it, verse 32, Jesus says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Because even sinners do that. Jesus is basically making a perfect distinction saying, you're not making that much, you're not separating yourself by any means, by identifying as a Christ follower in comparison to someone who doesn't know me, if you're not loving your enemy. Anybody can do that. But this is how he finishes up, verse 36. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Let's just be compassionate towards one another. And if you're struggling with that, guess what? You can take that to God and he can say, my son, my daughter, I can take that. I can work with you because now you're being honest. God already knows what you're struggling with, by the way. So you might as well just be honest with them. But just go to him and let him know. But let's pray for the local nationals of Afghanistan. Pray for their government. Pray for our government. Pray for the protection of our soldiers. Pray for our leaders, our chaplains, our behavioral health personnel. Pray for the local church and the people of God that are there. And last but not least, give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. So number one, we go to God. Number two, we worship God. Number three, we pray to God. And number four, we give thanks to God. Go to God, worship God, pray to God, give thanks to God. I was humbled so quickly when I'm just looking at those videos. Part of the reason why I was grieving was also because I know how blessed I am. And that could be any of us. And what I've learned is to never apologize for the blessing of God. However, we are blessed so that we can share that blessing with other people. So give thanks to the Lord for everything he has done in your life. Just thank him. Just praise him. He is worthy of our praise. And do not feel guilty for the blessing of God, but we are not blessed to keep it to ourselves. We are blessed so that we can bless it with somebody else. Whether it's our finances, whether it's our resources, whether it's our time, whether it's our knowledge and our intellect, we are blessed. My dad just tell me all the time, do not ever be a hoarder of your blessings. So don't be guilty for your blessings. Take what God has given you, those blessings, and share it with other people. We have the freedom to pray in a way that other people outside of America do not have. We have the freedom to worship in a way that other people do not have. So use your freedom to pray, use your freedom to worship, and use your freedom to thank God like never before so that we can see revival take place in Afghanistan. It's a privilege. What a privilege it is that we have the opportunity to just come before a holy God, trusting, knowing, and believing that he hears our prayers and that he can do a powerful move. So just surrender. Surrender it. So go to God, worship God, pray to God, and give thanks to God. Go, worship, pray, thanks. Go, worship, pray, thanks. And do that right now. You don't, have, you don't even have to wait. When was the last time you just put on a good song? One of my favorite songs, worship songs, is No Other Name by Hillsong. I mean, there, there are so many. I've, there's been another one, um, You Hold It All Together by Maverick City Music. I mean, I've been playing just certain songs on repeat over and over and over again. And same thing. If you got questions, DM me. I can, I'll send you my worship playlist. But put on a worship song and just clap your hands, shout, sing, make a joyful noise. By the way, Worship is also the only thing that you can do in life in which will calm you and simultaneously energize you because you're getting your eyes completely on Jesus 
It's not minimizing the things that are going on in this world. It's saying, despite the things that are going on in this world, God, you are here. You're with me. You're for me. And you can use me to do great, mighty, powerful things for the benefit and sake of other people. Go, worship, pray, thanks. And that's it. Amen. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I just want to do something a little different as I, the first time I was really doing a podcast via Facebook Live and Instagram Live. But another thing I wanted to add to this is if you know anybody that has deployed in the past 15 to 20 years, I want you to take that next step and reach out to them. Reach out to them, text them, just ask, how are they doing? And once you have that conversation, be willing to pray over them. Be willing to have that conversation and lead them in the same things that were talked about today, about going to God, worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord, praying to the Lord. But I want you to take that opportunity to pray over them. And it can be something as simple as if you're doing it via text, then text them a video of you praying over them. Text them a voice memo of you praying over them. Or you can write out your prayer via text and send it to them. I did this for a few of my leaders and one of them called me and told me, said, Mark, no one has ever done that before. And he was just so grateful. He was so thankful because people aren't doing that. So take that next step and just reach out to someone that you know. And it doesn't have to just be with anyone who's struggling with specifically Afghanistan. This could be anyone who's struggling with anything in life. If you know someone is struggling, reach out to them right now. You can pray over them and make a difference in their life. Do not ever underestimate the power of prayer. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. Of course, do me a favor. You can reach out to me. You can DM me on my Instagram at Mark K Benton two. That's at Mark K Benton two, or you can reach out to me via voicemail on my website, which is Mark K Benton II.com. That's Mark K Benton II.com. And if you are enjoying this, please, please, please leave me a review on Apple podcasts. I read over every single one of them, but I love you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Love, grace, and peace out. We hope you enjoyed today's talk. If you want to look over any of the key points that were addressed, be sure to look at the description of this episode. And don't forget to hit that follow button and subscribe so you don't miss a single thing. We can't wait to have you join us on the next one.